What's it like being a podcaster in a niche inside a niche? Four different podcasters come together in this episode, all with podcasts about the veterinary medical field. They all have different styles and unique perspectives. The Veterinary Innovation Council helped us attend the Veterinary Innovation Summit organized by NAVC so we could learn and meet to talk about innovation in vet med and podcasting, which I like to think is a little innovative in the veterinary industry as well. We talk about what we learned at the Innovation Summit and why we are podcasters. We also talk about some podcasting strategies. So I hope this very special episode is useful to other podcasters who may not even be in a veterinary or animal related podcasting space. This conversation still highlights a mission at Vet Life Reimagine, and that's about being curious to the possibilities and finding things that allow you to thrive and enjoy what you do. One thing I love about podcasting is the many people I get to meet and the relationships I am building. In this episode, you will hear from Ryan Leach, host of the Birdbath Podcast, Dr. Matt Asciutto, host of The Greatest Profession, Stacey Purcell of the People of Animal Health Podcast, and me, Dr. Megan Sprinkle, your host of Vet Life Reimagined. So let's go and start with how y'all ended up at the Veterinary Innovation Summit. I guess the way this came about is kind of an interesting story. So we met at AVMA. True. Yes. Matt was the spark of entrepreneurship, I think, to have a booth at AVMA, which was super cool. And I met you there, too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And a number of people who came up and they're like, oh, you have a podcast? Yeah. I also have a podcast. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not, oh, thank God. <laughs> That's exactly what I said to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we were there with Dr. Crocker. Yes. And she was there and we said, oh, this would be so cool if you could like record live episodes. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And I was like, yeah, it would be cool if someone else paid for this for us. Right. And you're like, yeah, that would be super cool. And I was like, let me get to work on this. <laughs> um, and so Chris Kelly, who writes The Fountain Report, who runs Intelligence, reached out to Aaron with the Veterinary Innovation Council and said, you know, hey, are you guys open to this? I, I mocked up like a little thing of like, here's what we do. We'll have great podcasters come, like extra talk around the P, like have people talk about what's going on. Chris reached out to Aaron. Aaron was like, yeah, okay. Um, he was like, who do you have in mind? I said, well, I met this guy, Matt. And he goes, oh, he's my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? I live near him. Well, there's like 20 of us in Fort Collins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, I see him all the time. And I was like, Get him. Make it happen. Um, and then we reached out to some other people and we got yeah. the original crew. Yeah. yeah. And my goal, I'd like, like, really, I'd love for us to do it at VMX for sure next year. I'd love to do it here again. But we are the founders. There's so many podcasts <laughs> in the industry that it would be cool. And like we saw, you're not going to record, like, you don't need 40 hours in the room to record. Right. We can have. 20 people all do podcasts and just fill up a schedule and people were curious like yeah. what's going on what's, well, you know, cool what's in that room box in the middle of the trade show floor well that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm thinking with for VMX because they did that for Vetfolio they do a soundproof booth in the NAVC booth right. and they recorded the Vetfolio and a couple other podcasts soundproof glass booth right in the middle right of the, the floor and people are just people walking <laughs> yeah. yeah well uh, like that's to, that's what uh, yeah. So it sounds crazy, but like that's what I was trying to price out with Aaron. And I think it it's not that expensive. It's as compared expensive to what as renting a chair. 
Like it's yeah. so expensive to rent a couple of chairs and a table from these conferences, yeah. like which I learned when I had the ABMA booth. Mm-hmm. They're like, do you want this chair? It's four thousand dollars. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. Like you can buy one of those room things yeah. for like the big ones you can get for like eleven grand. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's so crazy. Like the small little phone booth ones. Yeah, they're about four grand. Yeah, because I thought about it too for like confessionals of the DBM. You just like go into the booth and like you record a little thing. Yeah. It would be cool to have, but I didn't have like four grand to drop. <laughs> so and you gotta ship it. That's the that's the expensive yeah. part. Right. Shipping the box better. around. Well, that's why it's nice if partnering. Like I'd love for this to be something we partner with the NAVC yeah. and do it because they have a warehouse where they keep all of their trade show stuff. They have they load it on a semi truck, yeah. right? They like that all this all of the stuff for, that the Innovation Council brought was came from Orlando um, and so that was the thing and so we're the goal is that doing something like this letting people know that it happened doing those things that you know maybe VMX or next year at this conference and other things it's like yeah we got the booth sponsors yeah I think we could get sponsors I think we could get and then my goal would be like put out the list allow people to sign up for spots reserve it and then have just a flat screen outside that's just like now recording you know that life reimagined and like people can walk by and be like oh what's going on there okay oh here's qr code all right cool i'm downloading this oh i saw them record that live like how cool we can do cross promotions we're all be on each other's podcasts yeah. too yeah yeah, yeah. so that's cool. the, the drop yep. the drop the drop in the drop yeah exactly <laughs> multi-purpose on that <laughs> yeah. yeah well sorry when you were talking about having this glass booth in the middle of the, the com- you know, probably the yeah. expo hall, you know, the, where they have the kittens usually. Yeah. So we're yes. going to be the next step up. Yeah. You can are. go see the kittens or you can see a bunch of podcasters. Yeah. So, yeah. Or or put a kitten in the podcast booth. Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. There you go. <laughs> You'll have to like interview people from like a little hammock on a window. Yeah. Know. I want that cat that's here at the show to come. The yeah. one that just sits on the oh, chair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. love that cat. Yes. He could sit in the podcast room. Yeah. yeah. Buck, Buck is a uh, Ken Lambert cat yeah. who comes to every show. Yeah. It, it just He's amazes me. He stays on on the seat and he doesn't move. Yeah. I mean, if I have a cat right now, my cats in the past would be running around the room. Yeah. Yeah, he was on a bus with us in San Antonio at Vet Forum and the cat crawled down the side of the window and then to like the front ledge of the bus window and laid down. Took a little nap while we were driving down the highway. I was like, <laughs> the the band that was really funny at, at that conference because uh, Ken brought Bug to dinner at this country western place that we went to and the lead singer in the band goes holy crap is that a real cat (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to get ken in trouble but uh the the veterinary innovation summit two years ago when it was in kansas city there's a a very cool venue here locally called bar k Mm -hmm. and it is a half bar half dog yeah it's awesome and but it's dog um, and so Bug came to the little reception that was there, um, which cats apparently are not allowed, which, uh, when is that stopped? Bug? Yeah, but right. Which is so cool. Like, the staff loved this cat. Yeah. All of the staff, which, by the way, remember, this cat's not supposed to be here. All the staff would stop and talk to Bug, pet Bug, and it was just, it was fantastic. So. Yeah. And walks on a leash, so Bug fits in. Yes. Yeah. Yep, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Barcade just got acquired by a private equity firm. I did, I did hear that. Mm-hmm. I heard it on the 
the Birdbath Podcast. Oh. <laughs> Great plug. <laughs> I got a tour of that with the founder. We were at that and Nestle Innovation Summit a couple mm-hmm. years ago, and we got to tour that. It was super cool. We have a couple like that in Dallas, but nothing that's done to that level of like quality. Can I ask like what everyone's podcast is like about to get it on record? You know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to ask the question. I'll go penultimate, so I don't also go last. We'll go go in a circle. Um, So the Birdbath is a weekly news podcast. So the goal is to take all of the news that's happened throughout the week that's way more than everyone can digest and read and have time to do, and I read it. I look through all of it, and I work with the Fountain Report, who curates the top stories with me. And then I take all of that news, and I make it into a 10 to 12-minute episode so that you can digest it on your way into the practice. You can digest it over lunch. Like The goal is get the top stories, and I want it to be accessible for all levels of the profession. So there's technicians that you know might not have the opportunity to be able to hear about the corporate group that owns their practice. If they get a new investment from a company with certain history or background, I want them to know what's going on in their company. Um, But I also want the CEOs of the other companies to know what's going on with each other. So company news, acquisitions, some like new drugs releases, pet food releases. So the whole gamut of it. Yeah, I I used uh, well, I like listen to because after we met, mm-hmm. all the people I'm like I gotta listen to at least like an episode of everyone's podcast now, <laughs> and I listen to one and I, I have this idea that I was like it would be cool to do a weekend update style for veterinary medicine. Oh my gosh! And yeah. so I like I was using yours as like material. I'm like oh this could work. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there is a, you could do a whole thing, yeah. No, so, because my background is, like, improv and all that stuff, and um, when I was in Chicago, I was doing improv with the Improv Olympic, and there was this class on writing, like, they had, like, a three-part, whatever, class on writing, and one of them was just joke writing as if you were to get a job at, like, Letterman or Conan or whatever, and that was the most fun like class experience I've probably ever had because every week you have to go out and read the news and then come up with I think it was 10 jokes and then you have to pitch those jokes based on the news to everyone in the room every week and then you have like other things too yeah well that's what I was telling so Stacy in college I started with my roommate a newspaper called The Muddler which was our campus's version of The Onion nice and so we would uh, yeah take the relevant news stories and flip it around and change it to be ridiculous stories and all of that Um, my skill set was exclusively coming up with headlines then we had writers and I was like here's a Funny premise. Yeah. Give us something good. Like a funny comedian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In your room, right? Yeah. It's a good skill to have because, I mean, with me looking into YouTube and things like that, a lot of the recommendations is actually to start with your title of your video. So being able to come up with good headlines and then going from there is actually a very good mm. skill to be. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I really like the graphic on your oh. podcast. Who did the graphic? The internet. AI. Oh, so, yeah. oh no. AI. <laughs> yeah. We're duped. <laughs> so, yeah. So I used um, Mid Journey and prompted Mid Journey 
my idea was that I wanted it to be, it was actually pretty timely because Twitter had just changed to X. And so they weren't using the bird anymore, which the first time I started someone a little blue bird, they're like, that's Twitter's logo. I was like, I didn't even think about them. But I've thought of the um, birds in Cinderella that like fly around and put her clothes on and stuff. And I was like, oh, those little birds are cute. So I said, we had Mid Journey do Cinderella style bird, higher definition, podcasting on a bird bath. And water flowing, okay, reduce the flowers, increase, okay, change the microphone style, do, and iterated to to get to a, my little guy there. Love it. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Very cool. My son, he goes to the University of Oklahoma, and he's studying computer science, and he's minoring in AI. And so he and his professor just built a website. It's called AITIS, like AI plus artist. And they're designing art through AI, and they're selling it on the internet. And they actually have a couple websites. On one of the websites, they're telling people the art is made by AI. The other one, they're not. And they're having a competition between the two sites to see which one sells more art. And then it's like a research project they're going to write a paper on that. I love it. I I mean, I guess that does fit right into some of the stuff that we talked about here at this conference, which is like the AI stuff, which is wild. I mean, I don't want to like jump around too much, but... That I feel like is this conference is you're you're just plodding along. You're like, gee, I wonder what I should be using instead. Look, what probiotic would be best in this case? And then like all of a sudden they're like, by the way, we're going to cure cancer by putting ultrasound in your head. And it's like, oh, yeah, my. What Matt is talking about here is the opening keynote presentation with Dr. Mary Lou Jepson. Her background includes the executive director of engineering at both Google and Facebook. She has founded four successful startups. She's a former MIT person professor. She has been on many top influential people lists, and she's a brain tumor cancer survivor. One of her startups is Open Water, where Jepson is developing medical technology with phase waves that can be tuned to a very specific wavelength to target very specific areas in the body, just like an opera singer can find the right sound frequency to vibrate and then shatter a glass. They have research in cancer, stroke, and mental diseases. I know from Beth Parker, she was talking about, I didn't know all the different payment options for um, clients to go yeah. and pay their bills yeah. at the vendor clinic. So she said, I learned all that. Yeah. Here today. yeah it's kind of cool how innovation can be like helping people pay. Like buy now, pay later is right. an innovative product that got sort of democratized and brought out. Um, but yeah, you could also shoot laser beams into your brain yeah, yeah. and explode cancer cells. But vibrate it, cancer it, cells. It hopes it doesn't explode your brain in the process. We'll find out. We will find out. Yeah. So the thing that I loved was the speaker that talked about the genomics, but it was a little bit like Pandora's box. It was like, okay, what happens if we do all? You know, he's talking about I built a company to create viruses, and he's like, you can take a laptop and create a virus in eight hours. I mean, like school children can create these viruses. It's like maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that the interesting thing about this conference is that it's. I mean, basically, the premise is that a lot of this stuff is coming one way or the other. Whether we're involved in that process is kind of up to us. So we can say like, oh, we don't want AI or random viruses to like influence our life moving forward but the fact of the matter is is that those things are happening um so how like, how do we want to play a responsible role yeah, yeah that's true. so stacy what i said what the birdbath is yeah and then matt just you know he, that's right he wow. goes in a whole different world Sorry. but what what is 
What is your podcast all about? Yeah, so the People of Animal Health podcast is about the people of animal health and veterinary medicine. So what inspired me to start that podcast is as an executive recruiter with the Vet Recruiter, over the last 27 years, I have interviewed thousands of professionals across the animal health industry, and I've heard the most fascinating stories, a lot about entrepreneurs. So I interviewed the person who started the Marielle company that was sold to BI, but all these people that started these companies that are now big companies. And um, yesterday I interviewed Catherine Haskins and she told the story about how she got into the animal health industry. And it's an interesting story. So you'll have to listen to that whole podcast when it comes out in a couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, I get asked all the time from my candidates, well, how do you get from an entry-level job to being the CEO of Lanco or whatever. And so I have people tell their stories about how they got into the industry and how they got from point A to B to C. And uh, it's very inspiring just to hear about people's successes and the habits that they do on a daily basis that cause them to have great success. Do you have a time frame that you keep them in or do you just take the story and run with it that however we take the story and run with it so that the shortest i think has been around 20 25 minutes and the longest was over an hour so we, we try to keep around 45 minutes yeah. so one with Catherine yesterday was about half an hour so uh, we try not to go over 45 but sometimes the stories are so interesting they end up going over an hour i we had that with our old podcast with consolidate that when we had um Sean McVeigh from who was on the founding team of Pathway, and we ended up splitting it into a two-part episode because it was like an hour and a half in, and we would try to keep those episodes around twenty-five to thirty minutes. We're like, all right, we're going, we're going deep, we're going in. We so we split that, yeah, because yeah, he was just. He's another. You start one story, and then you're right. miles down the road onto into the details, and you're like, all right, so. But, Is that podcast still running? So we stopped Consolidate That. So Ivan, Dr. Ivan Zach and I, who did Consolidate That, um, Ivan just is launching a new podcast called The Bark Side with Dr. Polly from Australia, Gerardo Polly. And so, yeah, so they're doing that. But yeah, Ivan and I worked together for a long time. And then we actually, we finished one of our episodes. And after recording, we both like stayed on to like debrief. And both of us at pretty much the same time were like, I think we're kind of like, I think we've done it. Like we've talked about everything that we want to cover in this topic and we were both like yeah and I was like all right cool we have like three more people scheduled so and then after that we'll both do our own ones and you know support each other and all that so so and then Ivan still does the veterinary innovation podcast with Sean Wilkie so did you do an ending yeah we did we did like um it was kind of fun so we did like a, a thank you episode it was like maybe eight ten minutes you know and we talked about two or three of our favorite episodes and highlighted those i still go back and use the episodes that we have um like because we talked about operational efficiency like really really minute details within veterinary medicine how to operate veterinary practices and businesses so i use some of those of like hey if you want to understand how to do quarterly planning we did a whole episode on that so it's still a good database resource hmm. cool but a goodbye episode was fun yeah i mean because you just think of podcasts as like they just prattle on forever into the ether because yeah. many of them that are not serialized or you know in like these seasons I don't know. You just talk to people ad nauseum until you die. So, like, at some point, like, do you just stop? Or how do you do a goodbye? That's cool. It was was cool because it was nice that we both felt like, hey, I think we've... Because we were covering, like, 
our view of consolidation in the veterinary industry. And at that time, and as it currently is, it's starting to change a little bit, but private equity was slowing down its investment. There were fewer investments happening, fewer people were consolidating practices at the time, and we just sort of like, you know, is there a need for a podcast talking about an industry that's currently stalled and that both of us weren't heavily actively participating in anymore? So we, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a nice, nice, exp- it was nice to both be like, okay, yeah, this is good. So cool. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, Megan, tell us about your podcast. Oh, thank you. I guess, uh, so I started Vet Life Reimagined a year and a half ago, and it's a weekly podcast episode. It was inspired by a lot of people reaching out to me and asking me about my personal career journey because I entered industry pretty early on. And so it was kind of in the height of the pandemic and I think burnout was especially high. And so when I would chat with these individuals, I I realized they really had a narrow view of of what they could do as veterinary professionals. And so each episode is talking with an individual in the profession about their career journeys and also what they're passionate about within our space. And so it's really to highlight the possibilities of VetMed, which are completely endless. It's fantastic, which is also a good theme for this summit as well as you know veterinary innovation summit is really opening up uh, the possibilities in that question renamed the summit to vet life freedom mansion i mean like you just sponsor it (laughs) what's kind of cool you're catching a lot of people in the middle of their journey of what stacy's catching them as they're continuing that next step of their journey right Mm -hmm. Yeah, because mine is not so much focused on entry-level people, but yeah. um, a lot of it's entrepreneurs. Some are veterinarians, some are not. Um, had the board, one of the board director members from Zoetis, people that start technology companies, and Julia Stefanis was on there. She started Summit Vet Farm and was a big part of Argenta, and, and just some really cool stories. You know, we were talking about ending podcasts and things like that. A lot of what all of us do, I think, personally think are evergreen content so even if we were at a point where we needed to end or you know that can still live on and people can still benefit from hearing people's stories or i mean even going back and hearing the news sometimes it's really interesting and yeah It is funny. Sometimes people will be like, oh, I just listened to your episode about um, this funding round. I was like, that was in like early September. I was like, I've completely moved on in my brain. And they're like, yeah, I was listening to that episode. I was like, all right, cool. I mean, it's still relevant. It's still something that happened. Um, But yeah, it is cool. And then you do um, YouTube. Yes. So you do like all the platforms. I, I do. Uh, so even first starting out, I of course did a lot of research ready to do this. And of course, an avid podcast listener as well. And so while there's mixed opinions, I thought, hey, why not start and do it all? So I do a, a video and audio podcast. So the video goes out on YouTube, which is great. It has a little bit more of a search feature to it to help mm-hmm. me out a little bit. But then, yep, I use a hosting platform that it also gets out on all audio platforms. Do you find that most of your listeners are coming to you still through traditional podcast platforms? Or are they coming YouTube? Yeah, so actually, I think they are different audiences. So the people who want to listen or watch on YouTube might be a slightly different audience than the people who are listening on audio. And I'm hoping, maybe, that it will reach audiences of all ages as well. So, you know, one of my personal beliefs is if we can let 
people know, younger and younger, all the possibilities that are in this profession. I think we set them up for being more curious and open to different opportunities and, and interest in being getting into the profession. So I, I think it is potentially maybe a younger audience that may find it on YouTube first. Podcast in general is a long game. It, it is not something <laughs> yeah. like you are, are going to be a huge influencer overnight by starting a podcast. And similarly with this niche and the style, you know, I'm not going to be this huge YouTube sensation. But uh, the YouTube you know, no, you never know. Maybe, maybe, at least not right out of the gate. We'll yeah. say that. Um, but all subscribes help, so please. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, so it took a lot longer for the YouTube channel to yeah. kind of get some momentum. Um, but now it's doing a lot better. So oh, cool. I'm seeing some good gradual, actually even a little bit faster, maybe than on yo. So again, thank you. That search feature, I think, may yeah. help. Yeah. yeah. And then do you do like all the reels and the mini-sodes and all that stuff? I tried and try, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I start to max out on time and capacity. The video podcast is really the most time-consuming mm. because I I don't just put out the video content. I actually go through and put B-roll on top of it so it's engaging, you know, flip views yeah. and screen, uh, what I am capable of doing. Um, so I try to make it really engaging visually yeah. as well. and. So that's really what starts to take up a lot of time. So what do you mean about, like, like how? Like, what do you in, insert? Yeah, so I am an active Canva user. So oh, I use fan. Canva to, to... She's using it right now. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see her. Yeah, probably. It's probably not in the background. Maybe up. Yeah. But uh, so Canva is my canvas. Yeah. And I, I start with the right you know size frame. And I use... Um, little video clips or especially like for example the last episode that went out as we're recording this was Andy Rourke and he's great he has content all over the place that I can pull from and, and use as b-roll so I, I do a lot of digging on my my guests That's on top of it especially if they are bigger with content available yeah. Um, but yeah so I, I may pull pictures of the, the guests um, just kind of illustrate some of what we're talking about I will make them from scratch, um, even if it's just words kind of moving on the screen, just yeah. to, again, engage your eyes. Um, so, yeah. The video is well, a whole other level. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially that way. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Because when I'm doing it, I'm, I'm not. I just edit it. Well, right now I'm paying a person, which I'm, I don't know, whatever. But um, I, like, put it all into Adobe, and then I edit out, like, the video, condense it together, and I just export the audio file, and so then those things are the same. So, like, I put, I also have it on YouTube, which is, like, this is why I asked, because there's, like, seven views on YouTube. <laughs> I'm like, why am I wasting my time? <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, the, okay, but that sounds like a lot more effort than yeah. what I'm doing. But I had the same feelings, too, when I first started. Like, the video, each video might get, like, seven views or something like that, yeah. and it is, it's really discouraging you know, early on, because it is so much work. Yeah, that's um, awesome. I, I mean, I that was my one of my goals of finding a news partner when I started mine. Because I was like, okay, yeah, I could probably scrape the news together. But I was like, yeah, I, I was like, my big thing was I'm looking for a distribution channel primarily. And um, because, yeah, it's consistency is the hardest thing, especially when you go... All right, let me check my numbers. Okay, six. Right, and I listened to it three times. Uh, all right, yeah. Like, all right, well, 
back to it, you know, yeah. post it back out there. And, you know, it is tough. But I don't remember what the number is. What is it? Like, um, it's a staggering number of podcasts that last less than 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was 95% make it past, or, or don't make it to 20. Yeah. That's what I said. Something like that. Yeah. It's something yeah. that's. That's why I didn't market it until number. after I. Yeah. Like, I waited until after I had 20 episodes before I did the boot, before I marketed it really in any other yeah. any way other than just like, hey guys, friends of mine, like, will you please listen to this? Yeah. Because I wanted to make sure I was going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. So how many have you done now? In terms of what are released, I think it's 26, 27, something like that. There's a lot more that are recorded, but I'm not doing it weekly. I am doing like, a, I do an, an interview and then a meanderings episode, which is like a reflection on the, the interview. Um, and so I have all these like banked interviews right now. The one that I recorded last will probably be like February. So, and this is October or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. It's, it is nice, but I'm like, yeah, it is nice, but I create a lot of the promo material like later. And so now I'm like going back and I'm listening to the episodes, which I guess is okay. But it's like in terms of a time perspective, because mine are long. Mine are like an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, well, the greatest professional podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is the podcast and what are you talking about, right? Like that's the, the question. The, the podcast is called The Greatest Profession. And it is a, these are long form conversations about the human being behind the professional. I feel like a lot of times when we get in these discussions, it's a lot of like, who are you? Oh, I'm a veterinarian. And like, and that's where it kind of stops. And there's so much intertwined that it's really difficult to like completely extricate, um, you know, veterinarian from human, but I, there's so much more to like what we're going through. And I think that anyway, so the podcast is highlighting that my whole philosophy there is that it's like, if you're going through something like, you know, some sort of like, I don't want to do this anymore. You can look at other people and be like, Oh, well they also felt very similar. Like I feel seen, like even this academic Dean has felt this before, you know, now it puts us all a little bit more on a level playing field. Mm -hmm. Truly the purpose is to like highlight people and say like, Hey, look, you're human beings. Let's have some fun. Let's enjoy this a little bit. Yeah. Um, so they're long form conversations, but they last about, I mean, truly what happens, and maybe this is a process thing, but you're talking to someone, a lot of times I don't know this person, right? So in about, in 45 minutes, I can't really get to like that core thing. But once there's something that happens in that 40 to 50 minute period where just all of a sudden now you're talking about something that's like really near, like, like dear to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get into some really interesting places. So that's why, because I've thought about let's decrease it to half an hour, let's decrease it to 45 minutes, but I just like, that's where I'm, I could start there, I guess. Yeah, you should, <laughs> that should be your podcast, like the 46th minute. Yeah, that's like, funny. Yeah. <laughs> We've been talking for an hour now, but now we're into the- I have thought about, yeah, I mean, that's something that very recently I've been like, well, what if I just summarized this first 45 minutes and just threw in little clips of what it was and then all of a sudden you drop in because now you have a less than an hour podcast. So there's um, one of my favorite podcasts and it's not vet related nor is it um, family friendly at all times but it's uh, Rick Glassman's Take Your Shoes Off podcast and he's a comedian, a stand-up comedian Um, and it is I tried to get my wife to listen to it with me and she was like, I feel like I'm having a seizure because it's like all over the place. And he does YouTube is his primary tool. And he has a, uh, illustrator that like, he'll be like, 
yeah, and then there's a bird just flying over Matt's head, and then the like illustrate a bird flying over his head, and it's like, I pooped on my shoulder, and then it's like, and it's right, like, right. But he has guests on that are usually like not people he's met or some of our friends, some are people he hasn't met before. And a lot of the episodes he'll, he'll be like listening and the beginning of the episode will just be like something later. And he's like, okay, so yeah, I forgot to ask you who you are. So I'm going to put this at the beginning of the episode now. And it's like the first thing you're hearing and they're telling like who they are and everything. He's like, okay, so in like, I don't know, uh, I guess we're an hour and a half in. So um, an hour and a half from now, you're going to hear this again. All right, go on. And like, he'll throw that in and, yeah. and then he throws in clips from like other shows. Right. It's like, it's really mind melting if you listen to it, but it's even crazier if you watch it. Sure. <laughs> but I like, I do enjoy that one a lot. And it's uh, and they're long, long, long form ones. And that's the thing that he finds is he's a comedian. He's very funny. He's um, very open about having autism and he's take your shoes off because he's OCD. He doesn't want people to get things in his house in any way. Um, and He's one of the best interviewers, though, that I've ever heard, because I do think that, like, some of that, the way that he is on the autistic, uh, the autism spectrum is, like, he f- doesn't filter out some of, like, the questions that you wouldn't ask someone in the first 45 minutes of the interview. Right. He would just be like, hey, so I saw a picture of you doing something that was kind of weird in the in the news the other day. And normally an interview would be like, could you tell me more about your recent activities in Kansas city? He'd be like, I saw a picture of you drunk in the bar in Kansas city, hanging off a lampshade. And they're like, okay, yeah, I guess we could talk about that. <laughs> so. Megan, how many have you done podcasts? Over 85 episodes. So yeah, we just started. We could just grind. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. My first episode was about April 1st, so a year and a half. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never missed a week, over a week. Which is so, I mean, even from the beginning, that's amazing. Because, like, I found early, I was like, well, I'm going to do this, but I don't know. Like, I had no consistency at the beginning. Like, and I'm working relief ER, so, like, when I'm working, I'm like I'm gone to the world so yeah it was like a couple of weeks and then here would be another one like the idea of committing to like an actual schedule even now is difficult and I have like a system set up so it's really impressive very diligent yeah yeah and doing all the editing yeah yeah that's the that's the key thing I get up super early, and, uh, you know, I get it done, but I mean, I, I'm working full-time, too. Yeah. I, I'm the primary breadwinner of the house. I've got an entrepreneur husband who, you know, is self-employed, so I, I do stuff for him, too, where, like, as, as soon as I get back home on Thursday, I, I sleep, and then I get in the car the next morning to drive down to a show, you know, so, uh, you, I mean, I try to take that opportunity in cars to either, at least I work virtually, right? Um, So I'm either taking work calls or if it's not a work day, you know, I'm editing all the way down. Yeah. Um, You live in Orlando? No, I live in Savannah, Georgia, but Orlando is is only four hours away, which is slightly dangerous, but nice. Depending on how big of a Disney game. My daughter lives in Orlando. She works for the ABC. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I knew that. I think I remember that. Yeah, it's um, doing a weekly one though. Yeah, it is a grind, and I mean, especially for how you're doing it too. I mean, that's that's my thing. I record every Monday afternoon to have an episode out every Tuesday morning. Um, but yeah. well, the lucky thing that we have, and a lot. I mean, 
all of the credit. I just talk, um, which is my skill set. But our producer that I have who does the editing and producing um, is a team that I've worked with for a long time out of Ukraine. So the wonderful thing that happens for us is I record in the afternoon on Monday. I send them the files. They're asleep. They wake up first thing Tuesday morning. We're still asleep. And they edit it. They have all day Tuesday to edit the episode, and then they can release it Tuesday morning, and we wake up, and there's an episode that's completed. Wow, that's so it works really like yeah. the time zone is a, a major factor there that makes life life nice for us. But And I try to do it in one clean take as much as possible, but sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah. When you have a good editor that, like, that you have a good flow with, it's nice because you can just... You know, there's times where I'll have like a two minute break in there where I'm like, oh, I need to look up how to say this company's name or this right, person's right. name. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. You hear me typing. It's like, okay. And then I'll say the name correctly like three or four times in case I mispronounce it in the story. And then I'll just say, hey, grab one of the clean names and insert it. What did they use to edit? A computer. <laughs> I don't know. A black box of magic. I, yeah. I'm not sure what they use. Uh, yeah. I don't get into the sausage making. So, Which seems wise. Because like right now, I'm having the person... Uh, so Fina is somebody that I found online. She lives in, I want to say Sweden. And she sends me Adobe files now. Because like it's been really difficult to... I'm trying to... I would get back these like very clean episodes, um, which is great and exactly what she should be doing for basically anything that isn't my podcast. And like, but my podcast is like, hey, we're human beings, and I want to make sure that like it is obvious that we had to think or that you know we stumbled oh, yeah. a little bit. You yeah. know, I'm not so polished up and clean. This is a mistake, and that's okay. And um, so that type of thing. So right now we're in the phase of it's like the like learning phase almost, mm -hmm. where so she'll send me something, I'll put in markers of like this is kind of roughly what I would cut out, and then I'll send it back, which is. Difficult. Yeah, it takes like Bogdan and Nastia. I've learned if I laugh at a like a stupid joke that I made, they'll know if it's like me just laughing and like keep it in uh, to like continue the joke, or yeah. if it's like I really made myself laugh yeah, a sure. lot on that one, so cut it out. Yeah. Um, and they do a, a full, complete trust in everything that they do, which is nice. So like Nastia made the. Um, had the intro music made uh, and then I recorded the first episode when we were doing just sort of the thing and she sent it over to me and she was the one that came up with the idea of putting in sort of the bird flutter sounds between each story as a delineation between each topic and I was like yeah <laughs> you're so much better at this than, than I am so like yeah I mean it's it's awesome to have like someone that you can really really trust and then we use Transistor FM to, to publish everything so they go on transistor which i love because you get a website with it as well so you can you don't have to build something if you're like if you're not pulling a lot of additional content from it but um they push that and then they send us the clean audio file as well and get all the analytics and it publishes to more podcast platforms than i knew existed yeah there's a lot there are so many um but i have been scared to do video so is your <laughs> is your goal to like hire somebody out at some point because um, part of it, right, is like this. We need sponsors. That's what we're talking about. Let's get you sponsors. Sponsor. Yep. I am fully open to sponsors now. Yeah. 
because the whole thing is really difficult. I mean, and we were talking a little about a little bit about this yesterday. It's like there's so much, there's so many reasons not to do it. You find out very quickly. It's all consuming, and like something has to kind of keep you going. There's like for whatever reason you love it. Um, so I mean, how much of that is the work, and how much of that is like just the interviewing? And so then, what are you really willing to delegate? Which is not a way to ask a question, but I. <laughs> but like, is there parts of it where it's like, yeah, it's a lot of work, but I really love doing it, so I'm going to keep doing it? Or would you rather offload everything? I also know the value and partner with people who do things better than you do. Mm-hmm. And when your ultimate goal is bringing value to your listeners, then that's when you make the decision of, you know, there's somebody out there who can do this a lot faster and a lot yeah. better than I can. And yeah. say so you delegate. And so I actually help lead another podcast for, it's a corporate podcast for where I work. And I mean, right out of the gate when they brought me on and say, you know, we've been thinking about this, we just haven't had to go get her, get it started. I said, okay, well, number one rule is you will get an editor because <laughs> can I? Yes, uh, but it's going to take me a lot longer and probably really more expensive than if you hire an editor out to do it. Yeah. And so some of that is understanding, you know, your time is really valuable. So I mean, my and my husband probably doesn't love that I. I spend a lot of time editing, but I get up super early when he's asleep, so most of the time he doesn't even know. Yeah, I I think there's, when you don't have, you're not investing your time into editing, you can be doing that to do other things that still help the mission, right? It's just finding what you're best at and and making sure that that's what you do with your time. Yeah. So what time do you get Goodness. Um, so usually it's between three and four. Oh, you were gonna say it. I knew it. You look like a three o'clocker. I saw Rob Durdick said he was like, I've been trying to get up. Mark Wahlberg gets up to four. He was like, I'm working myself to four, and then he moved it to three, and he was like, That's the middle of the night. <laughs> Actually, I heard somebody else talk about this too. Is you know finding that your golden hour and with your significant other, mm. kind of find. Um, I was actually talking to Addie Reinhardt and she gets to a point about seven o'clock at night where her brain cannot work anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, that kind of helps, you know, okay, I, I can't do work, but I can spend quality time with my significant other. And so they have that like seven to nine, 10 yeah. beyond. I, my brain fires up creatively around seven or eight. In the morning? No, at night. Oh, at night. Oh. Yeah. So if I need to do something really creative, I'll do it like in bed around eight or so on the computer and can do that. But oh, that is interesting. Yeah, because I'm I'm more like you, not three to four. But if I was up at eight to nine, day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I used to say, eight p.m. to nine p.m. I'm more like <laughs> no. When I when I was writing my my book, it was like I had to be in that room by roughly eight o'clock because even by 9 a.m. like I found that I was already kind of dwindling down because by 11 a.m. it was like I don't know I'm just scraping the bottom uh, the bucket at that point but it's tough I mean for me it's like the responsibility of well I I just feel like maybe I just have I have FOMO and I always want to be up when other people are up (laughs) but but like if Lindsay's up then I'll I'm like all right I'll stay up too so those things meant that I was only sleeping like five hours a day or that's me I'm a night owl I get up between four and six depending on you know to be work at eight I get up at six I have to be there at seven I get up at five um there's some days I have to be there at six so I'm 
before. But I, you know, I usually work in my office until six, six thirty p.m. I work long days. I don't take lunch. I eat at my desk, which is they say don't do that. Ultimate and, American. Um, <laughs> like a second wind at like three in the afternoon, yeah. and then I mean I'll have a ton of energy till nine or ten o'clock at night. And sometimes I'll stay up till midnight. Podcast wise, I usually record in the afternoon, um, but it's because like I record a fifteen minute episode, but it's you, it takes about two two and a half hours to do because I'm reading the news like it's going back through all the bookmark stories that I read, and then. St- I tag all of them. I put them in my Google Doc that I use as kind of my teleprompter type script. And then I'm like, okay, let me order these so that if you're talking through them, okay. And then where's the thread that carries through? Okay, what's the episode previously where I mentioned this company and how does that carry into this one? And like structure the whole thing. And then it's like, oh, record done. All right. Recording was super quick and done, yeah. but it's like, it's, it is, yeah, it is a lot of that, those extra hours of the pre-work and everything too, but. Let's talk about sponsorship. So, yeah. you know, where would you start with looking for sponsors? Sponsorship? Yeah. yeah, that's my next goal. So I'm, I'm super fortunate to be working with, uh, intelligence and the fountain report, um, which handles the publishing of the the podcast and all of those sort of things. You have a column in the film report. I know you do. So you, you were in the same family now. We're related at this point. Um, yeah, and so, I mean, one of the goals is to, to start finding uh, sponsors to sponsor episodes or sponsor, you know, entire quarters or series or, or pieces like that. I just need to, I need to have enough data right to bring to them and say here's who they are here's who's listening here's what it is but yeah that's kind of the goal so i've had three or four companies reach out um, a couple big couple small wanting to sponsor and i haven't said yes or no you know if somebody said well if you have a sponsor then they get to dictate you know what you do what you don't do how do you balance that just say no i mean when you when you start having the conversation then they like that's on the table, right? Like they're gonna be like, well, and then you can't talk about this. And you're like, no, like my your relationship to me is that you can, you know, basically do an ad or whatever. And I mean, everything is negotiable. Like the podcast space is so flexible and bizarre. No one really knows what it is, and they have like maybe some ideas of like, oh, this many listeners in like a general space equals this amount, but this many niche listeners, I don't know this amount. But beyond that, everything is negotiable. And I mean, like, I think all three of you have a unique opportunity as well, because you're not, you're not going to have to report on if your sponsor, you know, right. poisoned and killed a million people or something like that. Right. So like if I bring in a sponsor and their drug is recalled and it's a major story, yeah. I'm still going to report on that. And like I, and that was one of the things actually, so I work for a company as well. And that was before I started working with Digitale, who I work with currently. It's I was like, hey, I do this podcast. This is something that's important. It's a great benefit for the company to have me doing this as well. But I just want to let you know, like, if there is a outage or if there's something that happens that this company or my company or, you know, if, if the Fountain Report misquotes a story and is brought up in the national news, I'm I've told him like, Hey, our job is to bring you the stories. You can't buy a nicer story about yourself, but you know, it's, um, it is like, yeah, Hey, this is the, this is the advertiser. Here's your ad. 
people get to hear it. Okay, now here's the content. Um, but I think for like the three of you, I think it's a wonderful opportunity as well to be able to say, yeah, sure, advertise with me um, and help bring in guests and partners and promotion and editors. And how do you know what to charge? Just keeps putting zeros until they say no. <laughs> no. I don't know. That's like, yeah, that's like the, the relief ER trick, right? Like at the end of the day, it's in my opinion, your what your ask is mostly has to do with what you're willing to accept. So that's going to be variable for everyone. Surely there are exact numbers and blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, if you won't, if they're only offering five hundred bucks and that doesn't matter to you, then don't take it. But if you're like, I would do it for, you know, $50,000 and they won't give it, okay, then that's okay too. So Matt and I were talking a little bit about this because I think with people like us, and I don't know how many downloads you have, you may have millions, but when you have a smaller niche audience with a podcast, you have to think, in my mind, it's a little more creatively because I, I listen to a lot of the, the big web podcasters who are doing, you know, Athletic Greens. And, Right, right, and those, yeah, yeah. I really don't like this. They have nothing to do with what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, but really, they'll talk about basing it on the number of downloads. Mm-hmm. But they have millions of downloads, and they'll put like a number to that, and it's like, oh my goodness, if that's what I charged, I would be getting pennies yeah. um, based on that stat. So I think it, it's really aligning with we have a very targeted audience. Yeah. So you'll. I recommend partnering with somebody who really wants to reach that audience. I, I'm always thinking in a mutual rate capacity. Yes, your, your sponsorship is going to help me, but I, I want to make sure you have ROI yeah. too. So it's really understanding your audience so that you can help find the right sponsor that you can have that yeah. mutual relationship. And that doesn't answer the, you know, the exact dollar, but again, I can get into a little bit more creative on how you figure it. It's yeah. gotta be a win-win. For the yeah, audience. like for consolidate that, it was super super niche. Our goal was for the C-suite of the large consolidation groups to listen to it, as well as private equity and investors. It was our primary audience was maybe two hundred to three hundred people. Um, so if we got a hundred downloads, we we're like, well, we have thirty percent penetration into the market. Like this yeah. is spectacular. But if you were like you know, for what I'm doing now, if I go, okay, like I got a hundred downloads, like, cool, we're getting started. But yeah, I look at it the same way. I go, okay, the veterinary industry has this many people. That's the piece of the market. Okay. Then you take out other things. And if you say, Hey, I've got this penetration into the market by this many downloads versus yeah. You know, Joe Rogan saying, well, I get 80 million of the global downloads. You're like, okay, cool. So of 8 billion people, you get this percentage, but like we're looking at very specific and targeted um, audiences. So I I do think each one of the podcasts has uh, an opportunity to be really valuable for, for partners. And there is a difference between sponsorship, advertising and partnership. And it's, that's totally up to you as well. Like if you were to be a partner, then you're more potentially beholden to whatever it is that they want. But that's like you would enter into that because you have the same values and you want to do something together. Like when I'm thinking about, so the greatest profession is kind of the, it's the background noise to something else that I want to build. And that's something else I want to build. I want to do it with partners because I think it does behoove the product to do it that way. 
I don't necessarily think like I can't think of a great partnership for like the greatest profession and so like that's not what I'm seeking if that makes sense yeah. but a sponsor or maybe um, but it definitely adds like sure why not yeah. I'll throw those in the middle yeah. and I think you need to account for that when you are working with a sponsor that it it's not uh, just the podcast either because it for me, I have a LinkedIn newsletter. I post mm-hmm. on this platform and this platform. So all of those you know, pieces need to be incorporated into the value that you're, off, you know, you're offering. Yeah. So don't sell yourself short. If, if yeah. you're posting your episodes on LinkedIn or Facebook, um, you know, understanding your, your reach there too yeah, is, that's, is very important. Yeah, because that's like mine, we're looking at bringing in partners and sponsors that want to sponsor the Fountain Report or Pet Care Weekly or things like that, that can also participate in the birdbath um, and have that thread that carries through the entire experience for them. So that's. So do you, do you do more than one sponsor like in an episode? I have no sponsors yet. I don't think any of us have any sponsors yet, but I, I think the way we're hoping to go to monetization for it is to probably, because it's a 15 minute episode for me, I think it would be greedy to ask for people to listen to three minutes of ads to get 10 minutes of news, right? So I'm, I'm thinking we'll probably have one to two maximum 30 second or a one minute spot that um, brings in that, that ad read for, for somebody. Um, and then, you know, we have the distribution channel of getting that ad out to our newsletter subscribers through the fountain report as well. So that's the other big piece. It's like, that's where someone can find that consistent thread, right? They perhaps nationwide is here, right? They sponsored a a talk, perhaps they sponsor a talk for you at a conference and then they also sponsor your podcast. Um, And it's like, Hey, you know, I've, I've partnered with nationwide for 2024 to help promote the content that I'm bringing to the industry. Like, I think that's kind of an interesting way, especially for someone that's just a lot of speaking and does, you know, engagements and universities and things too. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Because companies sponsor a speaker to give one talk. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you start thinking about your platform being similar to, you know, a conference, which by the way, is evergreen, it's always available. Yeah. 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 So over time, they really get this reach then you can maybe even think about it more of like sponsoring a talk if it's yeah. like sponsoring one episode. Yeah. I yeah. need to run. Great. So what's a great way to wrap up this conversation? Yeah. Ryan, well, I want to thank all of you for coming. Like this was something that um, was kind of just like a offhand comment that we had at a conference. And then um, the Veterinary Innovation Council was so kind to spot to you know allow us and kind of be a sponsor for us to come and participate um and yeah i hope that we can do this again many 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 more times and that it can grow to be like a whole conference room of podcasters that are doing this yeah and thanks for your work in putting this together and working with the better innovation council and really is a testament to like you can do anything like it just takes an idea and like a couple of people to be like okay let's do it yeah yeah it was not as massive and 
terrifying of a lift as I thought it would be. Yeah. So we can do it again. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on Vet Life Reimagined. Please make sure that you click the follow button on your podcast app to avoid missing one of our weekly episodes. I have a lot of wonderful episodes coming. If you would like to support this podcast, there are a few other ways that are 100% free. Give it a five-star rating and review, and then subscribe over on the Vet Life Reimagined YouTube channel. We appreciate you and all of your support. Until next time.